Uh, welcome to Tea Time, Dr. William Bloom. Lovely to be here. Thank you, Clara. You're so welcome. This is a real thrill for me. I've been aware of your work for a long, long time. Initially through the Cygnus Review, that amazing catalogue used to come through, and you were always having very clear, wise sharings. And so I thank you for that. Oh, and, very kind of you. And um, now to have you on the show, the lovely Will Gethin has put us in touch because you are launching your spiritual health programme, which is sounds like revolutionary have you you've got something to show us haven't you yeah i've got i've got a copy of it here it's a free resource it's not something we're selling it's a free resource i know and you can download a free pdf of it from a website which is called yourspiritualhealth.org yourspiritualhealth and you can just download it and it's a editable pdf so you can fill it in and um do you want me to carry on talking or do you want to ask me something? Well, we would do, yeah. I mean, I can tell you're on a roll with this. And what happened yeah. was um, uh, I did exactly what you said. I went onto your website and it's, as you say, free. There's a free download. And I was reading through it and I was thinking, my goodness, it's, it's so clear and accessible and you can get involved with it. You can actually fill it in yourself. Mm -hmm. So astonishing. So I'd like to go through some of the, the points that you're bringing up there. And the first question that I'd like to ask you is this need to demystify the word spirituality mm. and to make it more accessible for people. Is this kind of what you were going for here? Yes, partly. Let me give you a little bit of background, which I, th which I think will interest all the listeners and viewers. Is, is It's not just my production. It comes out of a charity that I'm part of called the Spiritual Companions Trust. And we've got a posse of... Um, really lovely, intelligent, wise educators in it. And this is something we've been working on for a decade. And one of the things that happened in the last few years was we managed to create a qualification, a mainstream qualification, which is on the off-qual register, which is called Diploma in Practical Spirituality and Wellness. And out of that came this booklet which is a kind of synthesis of what we do. And the very core of it is instead of being religious teachers who sell our own bill of goods, like here's my box, get into it. What we do is we ask people, our very first question is, in what circumstances do you most easily connect with the wonder and energy of life? And that's the beginning of the conversation. Now, in going back to you asking about kind of normalizing the word spirituality, um, in the first place, we'd always say to people, well, why don't you develop your own definition of it? Because it's, it's a conversation. Because we're, we're not into religion or a patriarchal, hierarchical approach which says this is what you have to believe and this is what you have to do. <clears throat> but for ourselves, we found that... Um, if we just keep it really simple and say spirituality is about your mind, everyone's connection with the wonder and energy of life and possibly explore what it means, that's, that kind of works. It absolutely does. The wonder and, as I would say, the chi of life. Yeah. Immediately that word wonder is expansive and there's a curiosity there. And that you hand that over to the person to say, well, what is it like for you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, I can be in a pub 
and with a kind of really skeptical crowd and they'd say what are you into blah 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 and i'm something to spirituality and they, you know, the usual kind of cynicism and they and then, and then i'd go yeah listen when do you connect with the wonder and energy of life it's the immediate beginning of a conversation yes and it could it could be well, when my team is winning or it could be when i'm out walking and looking at the sky it could it could be anything you don't know and the trick is to take a um, person-centered approach a student-centered approach and build on the experience people already have i was going to say that it's already in them they're already doing it but they might not have noticed that that's what it is yeah. i mean i used to have this i had this conversation with my brother who was saying oh i don't know about all this meditation and mindfulness you do he's a bit skeptic love him and um but he he goes out on his boat and i'm saying so um, what's it like when you're out on the boat and he goes, oh, I love staring at the horizon. I'm going, boom, you're in. That is your meditation. But I think to take the words, you know, these loaded words like spirituality, mindfulness, meditation and practice or training to put it into that wonder and energy of life is like it's language that everybody understands. And it, it's just translatable as well, isn't it, into different languages? I just want to pick up on, those are loaded words, but they're not that loaded. What, what happens is people think you're going to lay a trip on them. You know, people think when you say, you start using that language, people think you're going to be some kind of fundamentalist, or evangelical, or you're a bit weird, right? And I think if you just start a normal conversation about it, oh, I can understand why you're sceptical or cynical, but look, this is what I mean by it. And you just have to get through that very first hurdle. And then people, everybody I know engages in the conversation. Exactly. But you've got this, this little bit of a squirm and a tap dance, you know. But then from that conversation, you get the connection. And the connection is one of the key aspects of what you're bringing through. You've got the three questions, haven't you? Yeah. You've got connection, inner peace and, and care. And this, yeah. this call for connection that we all need as human beings as spiritual beings having human experiences is is so loud and clear but my question for you is the difference between the connections we have in the here and now with real people with nature with what we're doing our presence in the present and the distracting communication and connection that we have via the electronic devices right, yeah. the, the way i see it is is that after we've had the beginning of the conversation with someone, how do you connect? Okay, this is how you connect. You connect sitting or walking or eating or cooking or doing embroidery or meditating or worshiping or reading. Okay, and then we'll go, listen, you need to plug into that regularly for, for a couple of reasons. One, that's your fuel. That's what will fuel your resilience, fuel your enthusiasm, fuel your, your life generally. But like you just said life is also full of uh, distractions and impacts and stuff that, that, that creates arousals in us and responses and stuff especially if you're a bit sensitive maybe many of the people listening to this program will go yeah i'm quite empathic sensitive right you need to get into the groove of doing your connection on a daily basis and genuinely soaking in it letting it fully in surrendering to it yielding to it breathing it into yourself let, letting you know there's an exercise in Taoism called bone marrow breathing where you, where you let that connection drop deep into your bones and you have a sense of it soaking into you and i 
really, you know, if I, if I handhold or nag my students and colleagues and expect them to do the same to me, it will be about, are you doing your daily soaking in your connection, right? And that, that will fuel you. And that means when you wobble off with some kind of stimulation, whatever it is, whether it's electromagnetic pollution or, or somebody in the family having a pop at you, right? When you, when you wobble off, right? You've got the groove to come home to. The plasticity of the brain has adapted itself and you've got a neuroendocrinal groove that's solid and deep. So you'll find us nagging about getting into practice, which I'm sure you do too. I think it's absolutely key and that it's it become non-negotiable because it's exactly what you say. It's like coming home. And it means that you say, I love that wobbling off because you do you kind of wobble off. Well, it's like, well, come back. But the coming back to centre alignment and truth, that is the practice. And what I'm loving is this soaking and this basking and this satiating when you're there. So it becomes a, a place of, of nourishment, of true deep nourishment. So it's not just the doing of your practice, whatever that is. It's the letting yourself be with the chi of it. And it, it has to be a felt sensation. So, so when, for example, I'm working with intellectuals who like reading or like doing transcendent meditation where they're lifting up and out, because our shtuk is to do with health, one of the things I can guide them into is, look, the health benefits come from when you feel it happening in your body. So when you're reading or doing the intellectual pursuit, you also need to recognize, oh, this is making me feel good. Maybe if I carried on reading, but also simultaneously softened my breath a bit, allowed my abdomen to drop a bit, that would actually deepen my pleasure. Right? And um, it's lovely to handhold people through that. Um, our experience is, though, that um, with students, if, if they've never done it, you know, actually dropping into their bodies and have, having awareness of subtle sensations and soak, soaking. They need with a teacher to do it maybe 50 times before they begin to get into a groove. So it requ does require practice. Absolutely. And you, you have um, the online resources, don't you, that um, you've got some audio that's there yeah. and um, on your website so that's great let's let's do a website plug what, what was it again Sorry. it's it's, it's <laughs> you will you will find the booklet and audios of all the guided exercises either in my voice or poppy wimbush who's a woman's voice you may prefer a woman's yeah. voice mm -hmm. there's about a dozen audio exercises your spiritual health one word dot org your spiritual health dot org Thank um, you. I'm grateful just to talk about it. Thank you. No, you're so welcome. But what I love what you were saying earlier about even if you're an intellectual, spiritual um, explorer, that when you recognize that you're in the moment, you're being supported by the earth, you're surrendering down, that that gives you a, a deeper, well, an embodied sense of being. And that connection to Mother Earth is so easy to forget because it's always there. But when we do, when we surrender to gravity and acknowledge that this support comes up to meet us and it's always there, there's something very reassuring about that. I loved also in your um, 
free PDF that you've got on your wonderful website. This word came up, the, the, the connection to Mother Earth and the love of nature, and that is biophilia. Have I said it right? Biophilia. Biophilia. Um, yeah. Would you like to talk some more about this, the power of nature and this biophilia, please? Yeah, I, I don't know whether you know, um, historically when they were doing research on... Um, how people have spiritual and religious experiences and there was a lot of research done at, at a certain point a lot of academic research and um, they found that if 70 percent of people if if you asked the question in the right way 70 percent of people would say yeah when i'm out in nature something happens to me that i like there's there's a there's a sense of connection i i meet God, spirit, the Tao, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, I meet it there. And atheists equally, you don't have to be a spiritual person, have the same experience, but articulate it differently. Biophilia was then a proposal by the um, academic atheistic biologist, E.O. Wilson, who said the reason why people have this experience out in nature is because, and you'll, you'll know this from some of the old uh, rock and roll songs, um, we all come from the same explosion that created the cosmos and we're stardust. So the actual stuff that makes up our bodies is the same atomic molecular stuff that makes up the cosmos. So when we're out in nature and get away from all the stimulation and the jazz, we just are able without all that noise to recognize our connection with something in a primal way we're connected with. It's just there. And he suggested, as an atheist, that this was actually the foundation of the religious impulse. And um, it's a very interesting way in on it. But what I like about it is, one, it says nature is a way to access spirituality. But two, like you were saying earlier, it's in everybody. Because you can't argue with the fact that we all came out of whatever it was that manifested the universe. We're part of it. Mm. But I'm, I, I, want to, I want to pick you up on something, right? Go on, it's, it's, and you're, uh, you know, talking, talking about anchoring down into the earth, right? Just to say, when I, teaching it over the decades, one of the things I found really useful for people is to say, look, it's not actually a connection with the earth. It's, a, it's, it's actually a sinking down into your own horror because what you need to imagine is supposing you were in orbit on the other side of the moon, right you wouldn't be able to anchor down into gaia right you would have to center into your own center which is your own hara so so it's actually an experience that's separate from gaia in my opinion it's lovely to connect with earth and my very first exercises that got me into energy work were like many people to, were to do with connecting with earth and the fire at the center and bringing it up into my Mm. abdomen and this was not in um, a Taoist tradition this was in um, a Kabbalah tradition where you've got exactly the same exercises and we're off on one here and one of the things that really inspired me about energy work in general was that all the exercises I've done in Kabbalah where you have a tree of life inside you and you move energy around it I then met them all doing Qigong right same exercises but slightly different and then i meet people from south america 
doing other exercises and say, well, this is the only way to do it. And I go, excuse me, have you any idea that they're also taught here and here and here and there? But the Taoist map is easily the most detailed and helpful. Um, but then again, I'd say about the Taoist map, when, when you've got a handle on the exercises, you then let them go and do it freeform. Isn't that the beauty, the spontaneous movement that yeah. just wants to express through you? Yeah, but, but you can uh, also guide it, can't you? You can in guide, any, yes. In any way you want to. Yeah, you can, we can watch it or you can guide it, as you say. So how long have you been practicing Qigong or Qigong? I've been doing energy work consciously since I was 19, 20 doing it unconsciously since I was about five, uh, but consciously since I was 20. And then, yeah, it was Kabbalah, Western mystery tradition first, where I've, I mean, the big lesson for a lot of people in our culture is when they're doing these exercises, and it's much better now than it was, that they need to come out of having, as, having them as visualizations and having them as, as felt experiences. You know, so the tree of life is not out there, it's inside. You know, the, the macrocosmic circuit is not an idea in your head, it's a sensation in the body. Yes. You know, it's, it's and you, you, would, you, you probably know that better than me, in fact. Oh, no, no, I'm such a student. But yeah. what um, I love is you... Sorry? Well, are we all... Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's the combination of getting the mind and the heart and the body to work as a system, as a mind-body spirit system that's why i see qigong as being such a harmonious way of playing and being but it it's got such a dance-like quality to it and the self-expression is so nice for the body to move just because it can and then he said the, the wisdom that's in there to, to to share with you so that we're not we're not just this external doing beings we we are internal beings with the, with the potential for sort of a rich life and i think with what you're offering with this um new spiritual health program is that you're bringing people back to themselves more and more and say, you have got the power in you. And I'm going to ask you some questions that are going to make you realize that. And that's, yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, as, as you said earlier, there are other aspects to it. There's, there's connecting with the wonder and energy. And then there's the next aspect of it, which is you will only find peace of mind when you realize, we realize that life is about the development of heart and consciousness and it really doesn't matter whether, you, whether you're successful, unsuccessful, happy, unhappy, got what you want, not got what you want. In actual fact, what's going on is every moment is an opportunity to grow and develop. And that's the essence of peace of mind. And I don't expect anybody to be able to practice that when they're in trauma. But if you're not in trauma, it's just you know, relationships, mortgage, whatever it is that's bothering you. I think then to pause and go, okay, in, in these circumstances, in terms of my journey, what am I, what am I learning? How's my heart expanding? You know, am, I, am I embodied more fully? And am I more compassionate, more wise? I think that, that's the essence of, um, of really having a wise perspective on life and some peace of mind. And then the third aspect of spiritual health and you have, you have to do this, don't you? But you have to be of service. You have to care about life around you. And even if that, you know, for me, the highest 
expression of that is just being a kind person with a good vibe. You know, if I'm a kind person, good vibe, then it doesn't really matter where you are, what you're doing. That's that's the essence of it. It is. And um, so from self-kinding, from being kind to yourself, that's a big one, you know, um, self-compassion, that that overspills into your field and enables you to be kinder to others. If you're not kind to yourself, it's very difficult to really know truly how to be kind to others without conditions and non-judgment. Yeah, but I, I think, especially in the context of this conversation, people need very careful hand-holding to, to know what we mean by being kind to yourself. So what, what I mean by being kind to yourself is there's my consciousness and I know how to send the appropriate messages through my nervous and endocrine system and chi system so that my vehicle, this temple that's my body, gets to feel that I'm caring for it and giving it what it needs. It's very, it's actually quite a precise practice. Um, you know, in the language of Jigong, it's the, it's the practice of the inner smile, but done very softly. You know, done very, very softly. Mm. I and love that. Yeah. You've brought up the inner smile. Yes. That was such a revelation when I first experienced that, that it seems so simple. <laughs> so I have a kind of a, um, that part of my character anyway, of smiling and being um, happy, generally positive and optimistic, but to bring that to an internal perspective of gifting that chi to myself was a complete revelation, and it is something that I use all the time now. And I think it's, for me, it's the core practice. Ah, okay. It's the foundation of. Um, I, I go to bed at night, lying in bed. I'm. I mean, the way the way we teach it in Spiritual Companions Trust is is the same care and carefulness you give to a vulnerable child that kind of soft care attentive as well just to see what's wrong you bring that same carefulness down into your own body so i i do that before i go to sleep Mm -hmm. that's my last practice i'm just checking in on down as i wake up i'm checking in on my body with that kind of care and carefulness and at at, at a physiological level that's sending signals through the nervous system and the endocrine system that produces a cocktail of well-being hormones and cancels out adrenaline, cortisol, the stress hormones. So that, that's the physiological level. And then we know that at another level, it's sending benevolent chi, benevolent prana into the body. But it needs to be done with that level of softness. I agree. There was something that you wrote ages ago about the tiny bird, and it's saying it's again. It's in this. That's uh, so I reckon that's a that's a William bit because I remember seeing that ages ago, around um, Reiki healing about when you're doing healing practice yeah. to imagine that you're you're cradling a tiny bird in your hands, and that just really shifted to that tender sweetness that, of course, you would be as gentle as possible and attentive. Another good word. So. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, I, I think if you know, if I could get people just doing one practice, it, it would be that. You know, just pause, give kind, careful attentiveness into your own system, 
Where, where's their pain? Where's their stress? Where am I upset? What's going wrong? Just having awareness of it. And, and it, it's very similar to, you know, meta practice in, of compassion in Buddhism, where in meditation it's just a airing presence to oneself, which, as you say, then is, provides an authentic, authentic foundation for expanding it to other people. Can I really feel this? Yeah. Well, this, I mean, the thing is, you're a practitioner, so you, you feel it immediately. Mm. It's a resonance. Yeah. Well, and I hope that listeners and viewers have picked up a bit of this as well. I'm sure you have. It's been really, really enlightening to, to speak with you, William, and, uh, and I use that word light deeply. Um, yeah, well, well, listen, it's lovely to talk to a sister who already understands what we're talking about. Oh, bless you. You know, that, that's a great conversation. And, um, yeah. Thank you. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we um, need to sign off? Yeah, I, I suppose, you know, what's really interesting about giving care to oneself as, as if one were vulnerable is the consciousness that's doing it is parental and wise and kind. And that's your higher self. And the more you do the practice, the more your higher consciousness grows and expands. So it's not just the little vulnerable creature that's getting looked after. Your consciousness is also developing. And um, I think that's a lovely um, marriage. Mm. So kind, isn't it? Getting back to self-kinding again. Yeah, but it's the birth of consciousness simultaneously. Do you think there is there's, there's more of it going on now? Have you seen it over the years that you've been teaching, sharing, practicing, that more and more people are becoming aware and curious about other aspects of themselves? I don't know. You're about to take me down a rabbit hole of um, trying to <laughs> monitor and analyse what on earth is going on in our culture. <laughs> oh, well, there's, there's that as well. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, it does feel like the wake-up call is loud and clear and more and more people are heeding it. And hence yeah. why something like what you're offering now, your spiritual health program, is bringing it in for the mainstream. And, you know, I thank you for that. I think this is hugely valid work. Yeah, thank you. And so if people want to find out more, they need to head over to yourspiritualhealth.org. Got it right that time. Yay. Or and uh, check out William Bloom online. He's over all the uh, social media platforms, um, and um, has written many books. And yeah, likes his music. That was something else we were doing earlier. So thank you so much for being part of Chi Time here. Great pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on the program. I'm grateful. Yes. You're so welcome. So till next time, keep your chi up, my friend. <laughs>